When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome to the Ospreys Irie. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Ospreys Irie podcast. Tonight, as you can see, we are joined by a guest. For those who uh, don't recognise uh, him, uh, you will soon recognise his voice if you go to any of the games at the Swansea.com stadium. Hello and good evening to Paul, the stadium match announcer at the Swansea Goody, uh, Swansea.com Stadium. How are you, Paul? Good evening, Darren. Good. How are you, mate? I'm fine, thank you. So we're just going to ask a couple of questions for you, if that's okay. Yeah, carry on. <laughs> so, Paul, first of all, tell me, how did the job come about and how many years have you been in the job? Um, years ago, I used to work on hotels, holiday parks and cruise ships. I used to be an entertainer. But I, when I came home, I used to play cricket for Swansea Cricket Club at St. Helens. And um, the guy who was one of the captains of the club, he came up to me and he said, what are you doing a week Wednesday? And I said, oh, nothing. Why? He said, he finished on the cruises and stuff now. And I said, yes. And he said, um, oh, I got Swansea under-17s playing against Newport under-17s at St. Helens. I got people selling pies, pasties, teas and coffees, doing the turnstiles, match programs, raffle tickets. I got nobody to play music for me. So I said, all right. Yeah. He said, will you come down and play music? I said, yeah. He said, well, come down in the week now. We'll have a look at it. So we put the music through. He said, yeah, great. He said, oh, I'll also need you to do the mic as well. I said, you are? He said, well, you can do the mic for me. I said, I've never done that before. Oh, you'd be fine. Guy like you, you've done, you've worked all over. You've done this, you've done that. I said, yeah, but I won't know any of the players. I said, he said, well, I'll be sat next to you. I said, well, you do it then, if you know them all. Oh, no, I'll be busy doing other things, you know. Now, I don't know whether you've ever heard of a guy called Byron Mugford, who used to be, well, he was like secretary of Swansea Rugby Club for years and years. Anyway, it was his son. So um, the Mugfords are very synonymous with Swansea Rugby Club. So I ended up turning up, doing the mic. And then it was only under 17s, but the under 19s and under 21s coaches said, oh, that was great. Would you come and do us? And I went, oh, okay. And this was the last year of the game before I went regional. So it was the season before, and the Wave radio station were doing the Swansea home games. And they were making a bit of a joke out of it. When they played Neath, they played the Benny Hill theme tune for them to come out to. They were playing stupid TV themes to the other sides, and they didn't want that. So the new season came along, and then they asked me, they said, oh, would you 
come and do the whites for us, the first team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll do this and do that. So, okay. We'll give you two free season tickets for the Ospreys. I went, oh, brilliant. New club starting up. Fantastic. Region, should I say, not club. Get that right. So uh, I get a phone call then off um, Byron Mugford, who is Rodri, the guy who got me the gig the first instance. His father said, don't forget, now the Ospreys are at St. Helens now um, on the Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Got my two season tickets. I'll be fine. Yeah, thanks. You know, great for them. What do you, what do you mean? So, well, I got two season tickets out of doing it for the Whites. He said, no, you're on the mic. I said, what? He said, yeah, you, we want you to do the microphone for that as well. I went, oh, right. I couldn't believe it. So, like, it's much more sophisticated now, yeah, where the guys are up in the box. I stand on the touchline. The guys are up in the box looking down on high, playing music. They know when the time's on, the time's off, when scores are on because you've got screens everywhere. But back then, it was just me, a microphone, and I had a – this is how long ago it was. It was a mini-disc player. And to fade, I just had to press a button and it would just go and it would just fade out, you know, on the on the mini display. So I had to do it all myself, skydivers coming in. Um, I, I don't know whether you remember that far ago. It's 20 years, of course, this year. But they had cheerleaders and the cheerleaders were awful. They were throwing them up in the air and they were like too fr- It was as if they were scared to catch them again. So the people fall in from great heights. And we had a, uh, a skydiver. Yeah, skydiver came in with a rugby ball. And it was about five and a half thousand at St. Helens. So it was good. And guys then, and the guy in Neath was also excellent. And because um, of my season tickets, I, I'd go up to the Knoll and watch the Ospreys play at the Knoll. And the boys would wind me up and say, oh, he's good, this guy, isn't he? He's good, he is, isn't he? And knowing that I was there, and go, I'm thinking, actually, he is. He is very good. They winded me up. And then when the new stadium opened, they said, will you come and do the new stadium? I said, yeah, okay. So it was a choice between me or the guy from Neath. But because I did hospital radio when I was about 16 years old, sorry, I, you probably wanted a short answer, I know, but... So, yeah, when I did hospital radio, there were some guys who did um, football commentaries, and I knew them, they were friends of mine. So when they went and did the football commentaries, they were doing what I did at the Vetch, when that closed down, they moved up to the stadium. They said, oh, we got some guy from Swansea. His name's Tabs. And they said, oh, Paul, Paul Tabram. They said, yeah, that's him. Oh, no. Oh, what, you don't like him? No, he's been known him for years. So it was great then because everybody knew each other. And there's a team of us who, it's not just me. There's a guy called Steve, Steve Mabbitt, who does my music. Company come in called Buffoon Media, who do a lot of the graphics on the match day. Um, and then on the football side, there's a guy, Jules Buckley, who sometimes jumps in if I'm away. Although I haven't missed, me- I've missed that many in 20 years, but sometimes, you know, duty calls and you have to miss one or two. So as long as everybody, kn- everybody knows what they're doing, it just runs seamlessly. And you'd never know that if something happens that is not meant to happen. Not many people listen to me anyway, I'm sure, you know, but... You know, 250-odd games for the Ospreys later. And, um, yeah, and it's my 250th Swansea game tomorrow. It's <laughs> Aberavon. All right, okay. So, uh, yeah, so 20 years later, it's like I'm a fan, first and foremost. I always want us to win. Yeah. But I can't let the emotions get on top of me. When I'm not on the mic, I can. But when I got the mic, I got to do a deadpan or excited for us to score or whatever but um 
apparently my wife was saying last night that I was talking in my sleep about this tonight and said, oh, I wouldn't know what to do if I didn't have it in my life. And I go, what do you want about woman? But apparently I was talking in my sleep last night about speaking to you. So anyway, that's how it all started. And I've done a couple of cup final days in Cardiff and um, three, I think it's like three or four judgment days I've done now as well. So it, it's great. It's a great experience. And I've, I've been asked to do a few. I've done a bit of football for the uh, Swans and um, cricket as well for the Welsh cricket finals day up in Sophia Gardens. And no, it wasn't Sophia Gardens. One in Ask and one in uh, when they played Ponte de Lice last year. So my... I'm not going to say talent because it's, you know, it's not really any, any clown can do what I do, but this clown is doing it at the moment. That's what I say, but they must obviously think I'm okay. Cause I'm still here 20 years later. Well, I, 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 I personally couldn't do your job. It's such a, you know, you've got to know what you're doing and, you know, you've got to be on the ball. And like you said, the motions can't take over because, you know, the opposition be like, Oh, well, he's a bit biased. And he, you know, he's meant to be the, person that's on the tannoy for both teams and whatnot but yeah like you said um my next question is going to be i bet you've seen some you know famous players over the over the years like mike phillips who shane williams is recently of alabin jones um is there any um personal player sorry any players in general that you've had like a personal connection with like outside of the rugby like or it's it's strange really because when I started doing the the Ospreys games, it was an amalgamation of Neath and Swansea, right? So I hadn't I didn't really know any of them because I was a fan, and then all of a sudden I'm brought in and I've been working away for years. But as time goes on, these players now are coming through from the Premiership. So like Swansea now, I'm also the chairman of the supporters club for Swansea at St Helens and White. So you see these players come through and I go away with them on the bus trips as well. So I jump on the bus. We went to Newport a few weeks ago on the way back. You know, everybody's mingling with each other. A couple of supporters come as well. So you see more of it now. But um, Alan Wynne-Jones' sister, Lowry, she was a bridesmaid at my wedding. So I knew her before I knew him, just through going away on rugby trips. But, yeah, no, Al. Um, I went out to the Lions five but well, six years ago it is now and when we were out there uh larry was with us but there were four ospreys boys in the team so there was on the squad there was dan bigger tip rick um reese webb and alan Wynn. and they all came over and said hello and had a chat you know had a chat with us both but as these players who were playing premiership rugby go through when they come out to warm up because i'm usually about an, an hour before the game i'm usually on the touchline and all the players come past and they say, all right, Tabs, how you doing? Shake my hand, tap me on the back. So you look at the team that played against Cardiff the other night. There must have been 11 or 12 who might, who've either played for Swansea or did play for Swansea last season. So you've got, um, who came off the bench? You've got Derwin Jones's boy. Yeah, Lewis Jones. Yeah. Dan Edwards didn't get on. Max Nagy played at full back, obviously. The list goes on, forwards and backs. Uh, you know, uh, Morgan Morris, Will Griffiths. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of boys who were there. James Ratty left. Yeah. He played for Swansea and then went to Cardiff and that was come back to the region. I actually played with his uncle, who's also, whose name was also James Ratty. 
who's um, from Dunvant. Oh, I think he's from Penn Club, but he played for Dunvant. So you see a lot of the boys coming through, but then there are those who will give you a nod and a wink. When the awards ceremony was at the Brandwin last year, I went out for a couple of drinks with my wife, as I do on a Thursday, and I fancied one or two more. So I ended up in Whites in the Uplands. And the whole of the Osprey squad from the 2010 winning or 2012 winning team were there, or most of them. So Jonathan Thomas, Adam Jones, Ryan Jones, well, Ryan Jones wasn't there, sorry, but Shane Williams was in there. Um, Paul James, you know, it was about 10 of them. And then fair play, they all came up and said hello and asked how I was doing and stuff. So that's really nice. I think you get it more when they are finished than when they're in the moment and when they're playing. Yeah. So, yeah, lots, lots of great names and great players. Mike Phillips is really good. Um, he's good on a night out. <laughs> um, Shane Williams as well. Uh, you know, they're all, they're all great. You know, I've never had a problem with any of the uh, players whatsoever. And now you get in James Hook at St. Helens. And whenever I turn up, he's, oh, there he is, look. Uh, right, yeah. So, you know, uh, Paul James there. And afterwards, I go and sit on the table with the coaches and have a chat, you know. And they, they ask me what I think. And I go, well, I'm not a coach, like. <laughs> but I, th- I suppose just because you've seen enough rugby, you know, if you give your opinion, they, they value it as a supporter yeah. as well. Take, not always going to take it on board. They probably wait for me to go away and say, well, that's what you're talking absolute rubbish, like, you know. But uh, more often than not, they go, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, we should have done this. We should have done that. But... There we are. Are you looking forward to the new season? Uh, like I said, uh, just it's literally starting now, uh, Saturday, away to Connaught. Um, the expectations for the season, obviously we've lost, I think it's about 22 players, I think it is. Uh, obviously, circumstances can't be helped. Um, are you looking forward to the new season? Yeah, I, I think there's a bit more optimism than perhaps what there was a few months ago. Because... You know, without being pessimistic, I suppose I was one of those people in the camp thinking we're not going to get through the group. And then all of a sudden we get through and we need to get maximum points in every game. And that filters down. It does. It does filter down. Whether it filters down to the, the supporters, you don't know. Yes, there's a lot of players going, but there were players who were either retiring or going anyway. You look at um, Alan Wynn was retiring. Tipperick's going to stay. Anscombe, he's a bit like Glass, isn't he? You know, he, you know, he, he didn't play much for us anyway. Didn't play much for the Ospreys. But, um, yeah, you know, there's obviously players who are going to go and young blood coming in. Now, Reese Webb, okay, coming to the end of his career. Um, a lot of players making big decisions and going elsewhere and moving on. But I think there is enough talent in the squad maybe to fight for a, you know, a playoff. And, you know, that's the best I think we can do. The European games are going to be interesting when it comes to the, you know, the Challenge Cup um, because we're not in the top echelons of the competition. It's also a chance to, you know, do we? I hope we take it seriously like because some of the English clubs perhaps don't. They just do it because they have to play it. They're not in the Champions Cup. They're in this, you know, second division sort of like European competition, like the Europa League in football. Um, as far as the season goes, 
the league season, I think we just got to aim to be the best Welsh team, first of all, win the shield back and go from there. But there is some talent, and I think the acquisition of Mark Jones as, you know, uh, like an attacking or backs coach, whatever he's been, he's been employed as, I think is an excellent sign-in. He's got a wealth of experience now with Wales at age grade and out with the Crusaders in New Zealand. So for any coach to go out there, they must be highly regarded. Um, if he can work his magic with the back line, I think the forwards would be fine. Just to find a little bit of magic behind, and I think we'd be okay. Yeah. Um, I just kinda allude to something that you just spoke about. Um, I don't know if you've heard, but I think it was uh either yesterday or the day before. Do you know the Welsh Shield you was on about? Yeah. Um they're scrapping it next season. Okay. Um, yeah. So um I I've read like a tiny bit because it's all media and everything, so you don't know what to believe these days. But the all the shields, so you've got the Irish, the Scottish, the Welsh and the other one, the Italian one, like all getting scrapped. And it's going to go back to, if you finish first, first between first and eighth, you qualify for Europe and that's it. So I, I don't know what's going to happen because does that mean you're going to have one Welsh team in there or you can have two or you can have none or I don't know what's going to happen. But yeah, people uh, I've read online that supporters from what I've seen, I like, yeah, that should be, um, it's fair enough, you know, the topic, blah, 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 should be fair. And, you know, you don't, you don't want to see like a team finishing like bottom of the league, for instance, in like Europe. Yeah. You know, I honestly don't know what's going to happen next season. Like, yeah, I, I think that's, if you were biased, you would say, oh, no, the, it's not a true European competition if there isn't a team from every country in Europe participating. So you could have you could have 13, 14, 15, 16 all Welsh teams or 15 and 16 the two um, Italian teams. Yeah. Um, but without an Italian team, without a Welsh team, Irish, Scottish, South African, English and French, it's not a true European competition. Even the you look at the Champions League in football, even the Welsh teams are in there, but they have to qualify. They have a qualification process to get in. So if they win three or four matches, they get to play Champions League group stage. It's not going to happen, is it? You know the finances and everything. But when rugby's a completely different sport, so you could have the top four and the uh, sorry, the four South African teams in there and the four Irish teams and no other teams from any other countries. It's then. Just like what was predicted at the World Cup, wasn't it? You know, where, you know, England, ah, well, Ireland didn't get through, obviously, but South Africa and uh, Ireland, sorry, England. You know what I'm trying to say, right? You would just have four nations represented in a European Cup, which, no, it's not right. Uh, no, at all. No, no, even if you get one team, it should be one team from each nation, the best qualifying team, and then the best of the rest in the top eight. Yeah. The top eight to qualify, the, the top eight for the league, yeah, one against eight, two against seven, three against six, four against five, quarter semis and final. But for European qualification, you should, it's not a true European championship or competition if you don't have a team from every nation. Yeah. And I... 
like you said, being biased, not being biased or anything, but the way rugby is at the minute with finances, the Welsh regions, you know, have had to cut a lot of players and a lot of finances, salaries this year. And obviously we're hopeful for, you know, you know, young young and upcoming players coming through. But if you look at the, like, the, the likes of Leinster, they, on their day, they got like their B, C, D team and they're going to um, go through to knockout rugby each season. And then where does it leave us Welsh rugby regional in Europe because some of the finances for the season come through if you do well in Europe you get more money but then I don't know I, I honestly I don't want an answer because it's just an odd one and like people are going to mourn like all oh, the South African sides and all that should you know they were the last to come into the league and blah 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 but I don't know it's going to be I don't know yeah, I, I think with the South Africans have come in because they they pump money into the league, so everybody's meant to benefit from that. How much the regions are benefiting, only the regions know. Yeah, and only you know what the WRU are giving the regions, which obviously everybody wants more, don't they? Everyone wants more, but no matter how much you give them, you know, if you win the lottery, oh, it's only ten million. Oh, I wish I had twelve. You know, or you know, it's. It, it whatever whatever you get, you always want more. But it doesn't seem to be eleven playing level playing field because you look around the world, and it's the same with most sports. You know, the poorest poorer countries miss out. So how Wales have done so well over the last 10, 15 years, six nations, grand slams and triple crowns and getting the semi-finals of World Cups and qualifying out of the group. We should never have the right to do that with the budget, the money that we have. Okay, we got we got a stadium that produces X amount of millions per year, and it's the best stadium in the world, you know. And everybody says it and gets voted on year by year. But that money, where's it going? Where where's that money going to? Is it going to? It, it can't be going to grassroots. There's so many games that have been you know postponed. Is it a fact that football now, soccer, may be getting bigger than rugby? 30,000 sellout the other night. Okay, we sell it out 70-odd thousand, but people may be having their eyes turned now that we've got a successful football team. And we know there's other sports. I mean, I go back when I was a kid, going to watch Swansea at St. Helens. It was a big game in the early 90s against St. Nathalie. It was always a big game anyway. But the winner of this would win the league in like 1991, I think it might have been. And... Um, there must have been must have been twenty thousand in there, and there were people still climbing over gates. There's all video footage of it somewhere. But now, but then you you move that on a few years, and the last game, one of the last games at St Helens before it went regional, was a Swansea and Ashley game, and they scored some like fifty two forty one or something. It was crazy. Well, St Ashley were winning by twenty five points after half an hour. And came back and won. And there was about, you know, two and a half thousand people there. And, you know, the advent of, like, PlayStations and Xboxes and multi-screen cinemas, you know, there's nothing wrong with all that, but there doesn't seem to be enough enough people going to watch the games anymore. So, you know, they, they have... Um, so, Welsh Premiership is played on a Saturday. 
How many other teams play on Saturdays? Yeah? Regional teams play whenever they're told because of TV. So there's a game now coming up. The Ospreys are home. I can't remember. It's a half past one kickoff. I think it's in December. Swansea are away. No, it's the next. It's, it's, we got a one o'clock kickoff coming up soon, haven't we? Yeah. And I think that, I cl- hmm? that first home game, that is the first season. home game, right against Zebra, yeah? Yeah. That's it. There's a no Swansea are away at Carmarthen. And that's a half past two kickoff. So I, I can't go to both. Yeah. Yeah. There's been ridiculous times when there's a Swansea Neath game on and the Ospreys are playing at home at the same time. They're kicking off at the same time. You'd never have it in another country. You would not have it in New Zealand. So the Premiership should play Saturday or even Sunday. Sunday lunchtime, be marvellous. Good day out for the family. All the other clubs who play lower league, so anything below Division One. You can have Premiership and Division One playing Sundays. The semi-pro, I know people work, yeah, people have jobs, but it's, a, it's still on a weekend. And the rest of the and the rest of the teams who are lower level, they'd be playing on a Saturday, and then go and support your local team. Because that's who that's who these players eventually, if you've got a 19-year-old coming through playing for, let's say, Dunvan or Swansea Uplands, and they're aspiring to be playing regional rugby. They've got to move up the ladder. They need to move to the next stage. Then if they go and play, oh, I'm playing for Swansea Saturday. Oh, are you are you starting? Yeah, oh, we'll all come down. We'll bring a bus. All of a sudden, there's 50 people who would not have gone before because there's a game on at the same time coming to watch Premiership Rugby, and they follow that boy's progress all the way through. They might have nurtured him, and they might have got him to a certain standard because he wants to go on and play for eventually Wales or the Lions. But to get there, he's got to go through regional. He, he's, he's not going to do it from a Division 2 West or West Central or whatever these names of divisions are. I have no idea what, the, you know, West Central, East, West, North, South, whatever. It's just, they're just ridiculous. And they should have just Ospreys, Scarlets, Blues, Dragons, North Wales Leagues, 1-4, 1-5. Every game's a local derby. All played on Saturdays, Premiership on a Sunday, Regions play on a Friday night. You can watch three games in a weekend. I reckon you should go for the Welsh Rugby Union job. I reckon you saw us I've been shouting about this because just because, you know, like sometimes I, I will do it. Years ago, I did a game at, um, I do a game at St. Helens, half past two, and the Ospreys are playing at half past five. So I've got to finish my game at St. Helens, jump in a car. And get up to uh, the the dot com liberty. It's always going to be called the liberty. I'm sorry, hey. right? It's always a liberty. Free advertising for liberty properties, but um, I, I'll always call it the liberty stadium. But you know, you get there, but the time you get in, it's quarter to five. Bang, go upstairs, pick up my stuff, get my clipboard, and then go down. And then right, got about thirty seconds before you're on. Okay, and then bang, done. But you know that. It's ridiculous. So that's me, and I'm leaving as soon as the game's finishing. Supporters, they, I'm, all right, they might have a little bit more time than me, but it doesn't give them any time to go into... It, it, people should, should not have a choice of who to support. They should be able to go... They should have the best of both. And if they have the best of both, 
you get more people coming to watch all all grades of rugby. There we are. <laughs> right, I'm gonna ask one final question then. Okay. Um, so I'm just gonna quickly ask you what has been your most memorable game that you've ever been to, Ospreys or either Swansea? I was part of um the guys who helped set up the Swansea Barbarians game in the summer. That was special. That was really special. See, knowing that that we'll never see this again because it's part of the 150th anniversary. You know, we'll never see that again. The Ospreys games when we went out in Leinster were really, really good because although we had a wonderful side in both games, you know, Leinster was still the favourites. They were top. I think the one that probably sticks out for me would be the Sale game. I think it's 2006. Can't remember the year of it now. But it was on an anniversary of Abavan. And I'm going to say it from my perspective because it was the first night of the beginning of the European Cup. And Sky Sports were there. And as soon as I got there, so there's this floor manager here from Sky. He wants to have a chat with him. And he gave me this thing, and it was a tribute to Abavan. It was 40 years. So Abavan was 66, I think, wasn't it? Because I think it was 66. So 2000, I'm going 2006. It's the one we came from behind, and James Hook had just started playing regional rugby and kicked the conversion to win. And I did the old uh, Jose Mourinho, Brendan Rogers run down the touchline job with the microphone in my hand, jumping up and down. I, I wasn't, I wasn't impartial on that day. But the guy said, "Read this." So I read it, and he timed me the stopwatch, and he said, uh, "45 seconds is too long. You have to quicken it." So okay. So I did it again, 30 seconds. You've got to do it in 15. And I said, where are you from? He said, New Zealand. I went, all right. So you're not Welsh, then. You don't know anything about this, do you? I will read it. I was a tribute to have a van with a minute silence, yeah? Yeah. So I had no idea what was going on. And they said, minute silence now for Abavan. Now, Miles Harrison, who's commentating for ITV at the moment, at the World Cup, was Stuart Barnes, who used to work for Sky, they were in Sky there, and they said, right, over to the stadium announcer, unbeknown to me, who's got, we're doing a minute silence. And apparently it was coming over the actual airwaves, over the TV. But this guy who asked me to read this thing shoved a Sky Sports microphone in my, in my mouth at the same time I was having mine, with everybody standing up around the stadium ready for the sounds. Two sets of players, and I'm going, calm down, calm down. Did it, fine. And then we went off and we won the game after about 27 phases. The most memorable thing about that was Shane Williams scoring in the corner. And it's on YouTube, that uh, that try. And it's probably one of the best tries the Ospreys have ever scored, how they kept the ball alive. And, you know, the stakes that were on that game as well. It was massive and are oh, just absolutely superb. So one game... To pick it out would probably be that I could have picked Australia when we won with a sellout when we had a second team. We could pick any of the cup finals, any of the semi-finals. You know, we hammered Munster one time at the stadium by about 40 odd points. We played some amazing rugby. Um Harlequins in a in a game with Dean Richards was um the coach of Harlequins, you know, Bloodgate with a capsule. 
So it was funny. Was um, oh, Mike Cuddy. We all know who Mike Cuddy is, and um, one of the um, one of the touchstone officials or someone like that was on the on the touchline because. You know, you, I, I don't know whether you know how it works, but you got the referee, obviously, the two test judges, you got the TMO, and then you got two guys who stand on the side. One of them communicates with the referee saying it's a sub. The other one is there to write it all down, do all the paperwork. And um, these guys who are touch zone managers, and they're like game managers, if you like, they communicated to by the coaches, say, right, send him on. So they write out a card, they hand it to the fifth official, one's at the fourth official. So when the next stoppage is on, right, uh, four off and nine off, uh, 21 and 18 are on. Okay, 19 are on. Yeah, okay, good. So then they go on. So this touch zone manager for the Harlequins, he was in, he was shouting and everything. First five minutes, he's going, offside ref, off his feet, clean, not clearing out, knock on, forward pass. And Cuddy just turned around and said, Oi, shut your mouth. You're worse than my mother in law. And that was it. And he put him in his place and he sat down for the rest of the game. So that's off the pitch, quite memorable. There have been times when I've had my you know, batteries running out. I've had one run out for a minute silence. And it was just lucky that we, we never carry a spare. Never carry a spare because everybody's got scripts. They'd have to do it from the box and the gods. But this one time we had a spare. I'm just like, oh, unbelievable. But yeah, so there's many, many games and many experiences, but I'd say the sale one was probably my favourite game. Right then, we're going to end things there. Thank you very much, Paul. Um, hopefully see you down the stadium announcing uh, some more Ospreys wins this season. And it's been a pleasure. Pleasure having you on. All the best for the season. And you. Yeah, thank you very much. And we will hopefully get you back on soon for more uh, funs and laughters and more memories about the Ospreys and Swansea. So thank you very much, Paul. All the best, Aaron. Thanks for having me on. It's okay. Thank you so much. Cheers, mate. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Ospreys Ari podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen to us as it really helps spread the word. You can find us on all the usual social media channels or email us on welshregionalrugbypod at gmail.com. And remember, whatever the question, rugby is always the answer. Podcast Network.